Now, gentlemen. The defendant is not guilty. But somebody in this courtroom is. Unmitigated temerity. What's up, what's up, what's up, Gatsby crew? My name's Terrence Hartnett. Welcome to the OK Gatsby Season 3 to Chill Chill a Mockingbird. All right, yeah, my name is Kevin Lopkovich. We're talking about Chapter 17 and 18 this week. Crushing it. Two big courtroom scenes. We're finally in the courtroom. It feels like it's like yeah, like like what you, you're finally getting what you came for. It's like yes. if like it's like if the, the the Gatsby party happened like in chapter seventeen. Like, yeah, like it's like the first time meeting two hundred. Yeah, like yeah. They set this up as like the whole part of the book. Yeah. And well, I don't know what they. I mean, yeah, it's always leading up to it, but like it gets it gets characterized as a courtroom book. Yeah, and I think maybe it's just because like in total it's maybe like four chapters. I think the courtroom it, stuff? Yeah. I uh, haven't read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I have uh, stuck to my promise or whatever it is of yeah. not reading ahead. But I think it's also like, it seems like it's a courtroom book because Atticus is a book about Atticus, essentially. Kind of. Yeah, it's about Atticus through through Scout's eyes. Yeah. And this is Atticus at his at his most Atticus. Like, Whoa, no doubt. Uh, his lawyer, all, all of his fancy words... All of his like ability to think through problems. Yeah, which we've seen. It's kind of cool because like yeah, we've seen this before when he's dealing with Scout and Gem. It's kind of like we've been like kind of training for this. Like at one point, Scout says like I knew from the way he was moving that he was about to make a decision. Yes. Um. So like the kind of things we've seen already from Atticus are going to be seen in this courtroom, and we kind of are familiar with them already. Yes. So maybe we needed all 180 pages to get here. 168. In yeah. My book. And oh yeah, I'm also like I'm. As far as, like, as much as, like, all right, get to the court case, it's like, now I am so ready for this court case. Yeah. It's like, I know every single character that's going to be in this room. You know the climate, the, the political climate of the town. And, like, and so much of it is, like, the, the wear and tear this court case has put on the town. Like, and yeah. so, like, that effect of portrait, and now we're going to get the one-day event that, like, was a huge burden for these people's, like, lives for a year, I think yeah. it was, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it it does feel good to finally be here though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where's Boo Radley at? I know he hasn't been around in a very long time. I was kind of promised some Boo Radley action, and I feel like uh, it's coming. I don't know. That's my prediction as a guy who hasn't read this all the way through. No spoilers. Yeah, Boo. Turns out Boo is a the opposing counsel. <laughs> <laughs> he is the uh, prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a mask and an assumed name. Yeah. That would be dope. Okay, so it starts out, last chapter ended with a sentence to witness stand, which was right at Judge Taylor, and when we got to our seats, Mr. Heck Tate was already on it. So yeah. that's what we're going to get. The first is the Sheriff testimony Tate. of Heck Tate. Sheriff Tate. Um, is that, is that the Yule? So Scott says, is that, are those the, those the Yules down yonder? Shh. Mr. Heck Tate's testifying. And this is kind of a funny little, just, just a brief moment of growing up of Mr. Tate had dressed for the occasion. He wore an ordinary business suit which made him look somehow like every other man. Gone wore his high boots, lumber jacket, and bullet studded belt. From that moment he ceased to terrify me. So without yeah, right, without the uh, Yosemite Sam costume, he's not as scary. You oh, he's just his, a man like yeah, he's wearing a suit. 
and I think that's like a, a small piece of like a, a, a running th- small theme throughout this is that everyone is still just a human being. Yeah, you know what? I'm reminded of the Yules with the dirt off of their face. You know, like everyone's kind of like in court, everyone's kind of stripped down to like their most. Yeah. Or some sort of version of their bare humanity. I'm not sure. I mean, they're kind of stripped down. And it's also with like the Cunninghams starting to have a mob. Like they're also just men. Like when yeah. you, so like everyone like as much as society makes these people some people intimidating or even groups become intimidating everyone at their core is just a man you're not you shouldn't be afraid of just a man uh we see mr gilmer he's the solicitor which i take to mean kind of like a prosecutor yeah, what do you say he's the prosecu- prosecutor yeah. it says solicitor um what's cool about him is uh, he has a slight cast in one of his eyes which he used to his advantage he seemed to be looking at a person when he was actually doing nothing of the kind thus he was Hell on juries and witnesses. So everyone thinks he's, he's like, look, oh, looking, he's looking right at us. Yeah. <laughs> Better pay attention. <laughs> he's staring me down. I love that. I love little like, courtroom tricks. I like. Uh, I love stuff like that. It's so funny. Like mm-hmm. that, that's part of the reason he's a good. He's good at his job. Is his yeah. weird eye. <laughs> it is kind of wild how much of like court case is like personality tricks of lawyers. I'm like, yeah. it's jury manipulation. It's like that's what our judge. It's like just trying to convince eight people of your argument. <laughs> yeah, just try to like. It's kind of like yeah, try to like win eight people over, which is why we have so many friends who are quitting comedy to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we done a room to eight like, people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, mistrial, split count. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you don't get paid a hundred thousand dollars for it. Yeah, yeah. We li- we literally have two friends right now. I mean, there's two guys I know right now who are stopping comedy and they're going into law school. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Live your you know, dream. You know who you are. Um, Live your backup dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, in your own words, Mr. Tate, Mr. Gilman, Gilmer was saying. And then, uh, could, all right. So, could you say to the jury, just just some hemming and hawing. Yeah. And then Mr. Tate starts. I was fetched by Bob, by Mr. Bob Ewell yonder one night. What night, sir? It was the night of November 21st. I was just leaving my office to go home when B, Mr. Ewell, so he's going to say Bob. Yeah. Came in, very excited he was, and said, get out to his house quick. Some N-word had raped his girl. Did you go? Certainly. Got in the car and went out as fast as I could. And what did you find? Found her lying on the floor in the middle of the front room. One on the right as you go in. She was pretty well beat up, but I heaved her to her feet, and she washed her face in a bucket and in the corner, and she said she was all right. I asked her who heard her, and she said it was Tom Robinson. So here, Judge Taylor, who had been concentrating on his fingernails, looked up as if he was expecting an objection, but Atticus was quiet. So because he names Tom Robinson specifically, which could yeah. kind of like skew the jury. Yeah. And it's also like, he's like, I asked her who did it, and she said this. So it's like, that's the big piece of evidence right there. Right. And it's kind of like, it's not speculation, because he's saying what... What she said, yeah. Yes. So but she was... Like so, he disagrees with that assessment, <laughs> right? And this is kind of gonna hurt. Kind of, it kinda, it hurts Atticus's case, obviously. Yeah. Um, asked her if he beat her like that. She said yes. He had. I asked her if he took advantage of her. She said yes, he did. So I went down to Robinson's house and brought him back. She identified him as the one. So I took him in. That's all there was to it. Thank you. Uh, so Atticus asks a question. He all he asks is, "Did you call a doctor, Sheriff? Did anybody call a doctor?" No, sir. Didn't call a doctor. No, sir. Why not? Well, I can tell you why I didn't. It wasn't necessary, Mr. Finch. She was mighty banged up. Something show happened. It was obvious. But you didn't call a doctor. While you were there, did anyone send for one, fetch one, carry her to one? No, sir. And then Judge goes, <laughs> he answered the question three times, Atticus. He didn't call a doctor. So that's really all that Atticus wanted to ask, basically, right? I just want to yeah. make sure, Judge. 
Um, and so it's cool. I like this. Uh, we see um, we see Scout seeing Gem seeing Atticus. Yes. This uh, it cuts back a few times. This is a really cool little little like uh, through line in this. Yeah. Yeah. chapters it's like it's perspective uh we put on a bunch of different perspective maps we're like we have our perspective of what atticus is doing right we have gems scout's belief of what gem is thinking is going on we have scout who has almost no idea what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but she yeah right so like scout is what's funny is yeah we're not getting a lot of editorialization from scout in terms of what atticus is doing there's yeah. a few things um that we're gonna see but like what we we're seeing is Jem realizing that Atticus is kind of killing it, right? Yeah, or his his case is gonna like win. Like, yeah, he's doing well. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's do- in terms of yeah. I want to say killing it. Jem's uh, hand, which was resting on the balcony rail, tightened around him. He drew in his breath suddenly, um, <laughs> and she's like, "What is it?" Yeah, it's like it's like they're watching a movie, and Scott's like. What what what's going on? What's yeah. happening? And he's like, <laughs> "Who and, is that?" And Jem's like, "Stop it! Stop! Stop! stop, stop, stop. I'm, I'm really into this." Yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of goes on later. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool through line. Yeah. Um. So. And then so Atticus. You say again. she was mighty banged up. In what way? Well, just describe her injuries, heck. Well, she was beaten around the head. There was already bruises coming on her arms, and it happened about thirty minutes before. How do you know? Sorry, that's what they said. Anyway, she was pretty bruised up when I got there, and she had a black eye coming. Which eye? Let's see. Can't you remember? Her left. Wait a minute, Sheriff. Was it her left facing you, or her left looking the same way you were? Oh, yes. That'd make it her right. It was her right eye, Mr. Finch. I remember now. She was bunged up on that side of her face. Sheriff, please repeat what you said. It was her right eye, I said. No. Mr. Finch, I remember now she was bunged up on that side of the face. Which side again? The right side, Mr. Finch. But she had more bruises. You want to hear about them? Yes. What were her other injuries? Her arms were bruised, and she showed me her neck. There were definite finger marks on her gullet. All around her throat? At the back of her neck? I'd say they were all around, Mr. Finch. You would? Yes, sir. She had a small throat. Anybody could have reached around it with. Just answer the question, yes or no, please, Sheriff. I I know that Mr. Tate feels good. I always love it when like lawyers like make you feel guilty for not answering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be. I had to do one deposition for a car accident I was in. Oh wow! And it was like terrifying that like you could like literally see them catching me at like like points in the story that were like, oh, that's interesting. So you weren't distracted but you say there it's like oh no (laughs) gotcha and i got that such catholic i'm in trouble i'm going to hell (laughs) i'm trying to convince myself i'm not going to hell (laughs) this is such a courtroom drama this is like so like it feels like long i mean like i'm sure a lot of things were um it feels like cliche in that way that classic things can feel cliche when they influence a lot of modern things you know Mm -hmm. where it's like this is one of the i don't know maybe yeah you could see this in like and a few good men, like everything. Yes, building. of course. Uh, yeah. Oh, Aaron Sorkin loves to kill a mockingbird, which is one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, he, he made we adapted he wrote it. The, he had, yeah, that did it for Broadway. Um, uh, so yeah, he so he nodded toward to Gilmer. Atticus nods to Gilmer, who shakes his head at the judge, who nods to Tate, who rose stiffly and stepped down from the witness stand. Um, so that's like an example of like how things can be happening and 
scout doesn't really know what they mean like yeah but she sees the, like nodding and people standing up and sitting down and yeah what it means is like no further questions no further questions i'm all set yeah. um i do like this passage of um kind of describes how the courtroom's going like below us heads turned feet scraped the floor babies were shipped to shoulders and a few children scampered out of the courtroom the negroes behind us whispered softly among themselves dill was asking reverend sykes what it was all about but reverend sykes said he didn't know so far things were utterly dull nobody had thundered there were no arguments between opposing counsel. There was no drama. A grave disappointment to all present, it seemed. Atticus was proceeding amiably as if he were involved in a title dispute. With his infinite capacity for calming turbulent seas, he could make a rape case as dry as a sermon. Gone was the terror in my mind of stale whiskey and barnyard smells, of sleepy-eyed sullen men, of a husky voice calling in the night, Mr. Finch, they gone? Our nightmare had gone with daylight. Everything would come out all right. Yeah. So it's like it's can being contrasted with the night before, like yes. of like how intense that was, how te- how t- how much tension and threat of violence there was. This is the opposite. This is totally sanitized. This yeah. is like church, and that's like Atticus style of like because it always seems so boring and dull, but now it's like oh, it plays a huge purpose of like getting the jury to calm down and not be like ah like everyone's there. <laughs> like imagine being on this jury of like a bunch of like. The court case, it's like the O.J. Yeah. Simpson trial of, oh, yeah, <laughs> of, of Makeham. Makeham. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, yeah, no one's going to forget this. And, like, it's all because Atticus has this demeanor, which he's had the whole time. We've gotten know it, to know it very well. He's level-headed. He weighs things out. He talks things through logically. Yeah. He doesn't react or overreact. Like, you know, he's, like, looking over his paper, you know, that kind of vibe. And Scout's seeing... She thought she thought maybe it would be something more exciting, and the whole yeah, town the kind whole of seems yeah, like yeah was yeah. waiting for yeah they're waiting for a few good men they're waiting yeah. for you can't handle that <laughs> <laughs> did you order that code red <laughs> <laughs> um and then let's see here so again we see Jim yeah Jim uh, yeah mumbling about corroborating evidence uh, so like Jim is really into it and he seems to know more than Scout yeah well it's like uh, like casual baseball fans versus like the super nerds where Bingo. he's like oh look they kind of run around squad position we're trying to yeah. <laughs> the pitch count is and like everyone else is like oh man what a boring game there's a guy <laughs> on second base yeah what's going on who cares yeah, yeah. but Jim seems to get it which is kind of cool like Jim's like seems like he's yeah into his dad he's a law nerd <laughs> yeah yeah uh so now robert e lee ewell robert e lee ewell oh yes. my god uh, yeah. they're a general oh yeah this is this the guy who's in their general and he's gonna no there was uh, a different uh, guy was, uh, the journalist was named after general underwood yeah his first his first his first middle name is a general's name and uh so so is so is mr ewell here yep and so Robert E. Lee Yule. <laughs> and uh, Atticus says, like, it makes you a slow, consistent drinker or, <laughs> or something. like, makes for, yeah, f- like, steady drinkers. A steady drinker. Yeah, yeah. Like, I met, it was a weird, because it wasn't like you drink a lot. It was like, you're going to drink every night for your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> not like, not like a binge drinker, but like a steady drinker. Funny, yeah. Funny phrase. Man, can you imagine being named after, like, Confederate, like, what a weird. Yeah, like, right. It's one thing to have, like, the statue in your town. You're like, oh, I don't know. Mm, but it's like, like, oh, that's my name. I'm Robert. <laughs> yeah. You know, after the general. Yeah. Uh, I love this description. In answer to the clerk's booming voice, a little bantam cock of a man rose and strutted to the stand, the back of his neck reddening at the sound of his name. When he turned around to take the oath, we saw that his face was as red as his neck. We also saw no resemblance to his namesake. A shock of wispy, new-washed hair stood up from his forehead. His nose was thin, pointed, and shiny. He had no chin to speak of. It seemed to be part of his crepey neck. Crepey neck. Yeah. A neck similar to a crepe. Yes. <laughs> They're just thin and wafery. 
So help me God, he crowed. Um, so in here, all of a sudden, we kind of get a description of a long description of the kind of the Yules and the way they live, which we've already kind of heard. Yes. So this is the most detailed description of like their house, right? The Yules. Um, you know, they're poor is the first paragraph is that officially they're poor and they, yeah. um, they, they use public stuff like, yeah, they, they have worms and congenital defects and so, yeah, they lived in an old like slave cabin. Yeah. Um, they lived right by the dump. They would pick through the dump for whatever that was thrown out that they could use. Yeah. Right. The description of their house looked like a playhouse of an insane child. What passed for a fence was bits of tree limbs, broomsticks, and tool shafts, all tipped with rusty hammerheads, snaggletooth rake heads, shovels, axes, and grubbing hoes, held on with pieces of barbed wire. Enclosed by this barricade was a dirty yard containing the remains of a Model T Ford on blocks, a discarded dentist chair, an ancient icebox, plus lesser items, old shoes, worn-out table radios, picture frames, and fruit jars under which scrawny orange chickens pecked, hopefully. So it's like it's gross. Yeah. I mean, but we haven't seen, like, at no point, we've only kind of heard that they live by the dump and they're all dirty. Yeah. But we have, like, now we had this clear picture, which kind of makes sense because pretty soon we're going to hear about events that happened right here, there at that place. So yes. we kind of needed to have. And the the extent of their poverty and uh, their father's disinterest in any attempt to rise above circumstances. Yeah. Um, although this is, and this is like such a, a heartbreaking detail of one corner of the yard though, bewildered Maycomb against the fence in a line where six chipped enamel slop jars holding a bril- holding brilliant red geraniums cared for as tenderly as if they belonged to Miss Maudie Atkinson had Miss Maudie designed ordained to permit a geranium on her premises. People said they were Mayola-Ules. Ewells. That's hard Mayella to say. Ewells. Mayella Ewells. Yeah. And, and this is. Such a a beautiful detail. Such a great like illustration of character and yeah. like just like I was just like that. I was, when I read that, I was like, that's so deft, like so perfectly placed. Yeah, and it's just such it paints such a sad picture of like oh yeah the one person in this huge family run by like a terrible man that is like trying to find some beauty in her existence. And she does. She's like a. She's able to make a little diamond in the rough. Um, yeah. Although it's sad and. Yeah, and then something very brutal happens to her. Uh, so we keep going. Uh, nobody was quite sure how many children were on the place. Some people said six. Others said nine. There were always several dirty-faced ones at the windows when anyone passed by. Nobody had occasion to pass by except at Christmas when the churches delivered baskets and when the mayor of Mecham asked us to please help the garbage collector by dumping our own trees and trash. Right, so it kind of just describes like where they're at, um, and where they are in terms of the uh, black n- like neighborhood. Um, they're just past it with the dump. Um, you can smell squirrels and possums and rabbits uh, cooking over in that way. Yeah, and um, then is uh, now so all like he had been recently scrubbed, like he'd been made up nice for court, lived in filth his whole life, and he took a bath for the first yeah. time in a very long time. <laughs> And then he starts with uh, interviewing with uh, his his uh, prosecuting attorney, so the man on his side. Yes. Um, calls out. Uh, so do, would you like to be Mr. G- uh, Gilmer or would you like to be Mr. Yule? I'll be Mr. Yule. Okay. Mr. Robert Yule. That's my name, Captain. <laughs> and I, I love that start. <laughs> I'm like, you got it, boss. That's me, baby. Captain. <laughs> yeah. That's my name, Captain. Yeah, so disrespectful right. to his attorney. 
Yeah, so yeah, he, he becomes like it's obviously he has no respect for what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, and there's a little paragraph about like Scout is never is never going to hate Mister Gilmer. Like even though they're the rival of Atticus at this yeah. moment, it's like I know like they're going to go get lunch after this. They're doing their job. And then we're starting to see again like the difference between like what you think the court would be if you were like a little kid and what the court actually how how polite and um, formal of an affair court is and mr yule is we can see is going to be uh stretching that yeah definition here um and they kind of bring him back into line if they can are so, you the father of Mayula ulo well if i ain't i can't do nothing about it now her ma's dead and then judge taylor not happy about this are you the father of mayella yule yes sir this is the first time you've been in court i don't recall ever seeing you here well, let's get something straight. There will be no more audibly obscene speculations on any subject from anybody in this courtroom as long as I'm sitting here. Do you understand? He nods. All right, Mr. Gilmer. Thank you, sir. Mr. Ewell, would you tell us in your own words what happened on the evening of November 21st, please? Okay, wait, quick aside uh, right here. Um, uh, just in your own words, that was Mr. Gilmer's trademark. We often wondered who else's words Mr. Gilmer was afraid his witness might employ. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic riff on, uh, you know, like a pretty common yeah, courtroom just, phrase. Yeah. yeah. So, like, a little bit of editorialization from Scout, but, you know, we're not getting much color commentary here, mostly play yeah. by play. It was a little bit in the um, in the, the Yule history of, like, every county has, like, this type yeah. of family. But, like, yeah, for the most part, it's play by play. The Scout... Uh, the adult scout commenting on stuff uh, with adult uh, knowledge is pretty absent in this in this chapter and then in the next as well. Mm. Okay, so here's Yule saying what happened. Well, the night of number 21, I was coming in from the woods to the load of kindling, and just as I got to the fence, I heard Mayel screaming like a stuck hog inside the house. <laughs> and uh, Judge Taylor gives him a look, but yeah. decides he's not doing anything bad. <laughs> what time was it, Mr. Yule? Just four sundown. Well... I was saying Mayella was screaming fit to beat Jesus. Glance. Yes, she was screaming. Well, Mayella was raising this holy racket, <laughs> so I dropped my load and ran as fast as I could. But I run to the fence. But when I got distangled, I run up the window and I seen, I seen that black N word yonder running on my rutting on my Mayella. And this, the courtroom explodes. Yeah. At this, so serene was Judge Taylor's court that he had few occasions to use his gavel. But he hammered fully five minutes. Atticus was on his feet at the bench saying something to him. Mr. Hectate, as first officer of the county, stood in the middle aisle, quelling the packed courtroom. Behind us, there was an angry, muffled groan from the colored people. And here's like a big moment of of Mr. Reverend Sykes is like, hey, do you want to get Scat out of here? Like, this is a rape case. Like, (laughs) this is not for, I believe she must be like eight at this point. (laughs) It's so hard to track how old she is. I love, and then uh, I love uh, Scout go home. Dill, you and Scout go home. You got to make me first. I said, rem- remembering Atticus's blessed dictum, where <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, you have to, <laughs> Scout, yep. you have to mind the gem if you can make you mind him. And, and it's like, all right, well, you got to beat me up if you want me to go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he plays it wrong. I think it's okay, Reverend. She doesn't understand it. And Scout, not knowing that yeah. he was trying to help her, goes, uh,. I'm. I most certainly do. I can understand anything you can. <laughs> it's like no. We're trying to like get yeah. you to stay. <laughs> she ain't nine yet. Uh uh-huh. She doesn't understand it, Reverend. Um. 
It turns out Atticus doesn't know that they're even there, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, they, sn- they he, snuck he out. He purposely said, like, do not be at the courthouse. Right. And they and they waited until he came home for supper, like lunch. Yeah. And they went to themselves. Yeah. Cause they, well, they also are lawyer kids, so they know that first part is them just, like, checking in witnesses and, like, picking <laughs> jury and stuff right. like that. Uh. I knew Jim would win because I knew nothing could make him lead. No, but also like poor Reverend Sykes, where he's like, "Look, I I'm in a complicated place where like I'll get in trouble if you guys are here and you're not supposed to be here, but I also can't make white children leave." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of suggesting it's more yes. like, a, like a, maybe you should get out of here, Mr. Jim. Don't you think it's a good idea for your sister to not look at this? Wouldn't you agree? And he's um, like, I mean, like, all right, like. It's my it's my butt no matter what. So yeah. <laughs> I hope it works out. Um so uh basically the judge just tries to get everyone to calm down. Um there's been a request that this courtroom be cleared of spectators or at least of women and children, a request that will be denied for the time being. People generally see what they look for and hear what they listen for, and they can have the right to subject their children to it, but I can assure you of one thing. You will receive what you can see here and hear in silence what you see and hear in silence, or you will leave this courtroom, but you won't leave it until the whole boiling of you come before me on contempt charges. Mr. Ewell, you will keep your testimony within the confines of Christian English usage, if that is possible. Proceed, Mr. Gilmer. So he's just ordering everybody to stop messing around, and uh, if you got to go, go I now. But he also, he says don't. He says kind of don't go. People, well, well, he's like, all right, so Atticus said, like, let's make everyone leave. And, uh, and I'm like, you know what? No. It's, they're here for a reason. They right. want to see this. They want to see it. But if you guys don't behave, I will throw you in jail. <laughs> I like how he tells Mr. Yule to do this thing, and then Mr. Yule, um, uh, his mouth struggled silently with the words. <laughs> like, he's, like, mouthing the words, like, Christian English usage. <laughs> yeah, just not, like... Just an uneducated man to try, like, also not treating with anything with any respect. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here, Mr. Ewell. So Judge Taylor goes, Mr. Ewell, did you see the defendant having sexual intercourse with your daughter? Yes, I did. You say you were at the window. Yes, sir. How far is it from the ground? About three foot. Did you have a clear view of the room? Yes, sir. How did the room look? Well, it was all slung about like there was a fight. What did you do when you saw the defendant? Well, I ran around the house to get in, but he ran out the front door just ahead of me. I saw who he was. All right. I was too distracted about Mayel to run after him. I run in the house, and she was lying on the floor squalling. Then what did you do? Well, I run for take quick as I could. I know who it was. All right. Lived down yonder in that N-word nest, passed by the house every day. Judge, I've asked this county for 15 years to clean out that nest down yonder. They're dangerous to live around, size devaluing my property. <laughs> That's such a funny... <laughs> devaluing <laughs> your property? You live by the dump. <laughs> you live in a former slave shack by the dump. Your house is made of trash. It's literally just a trash collector. You like, use you, tin cans on your roof. Yeah, you have like broken metal as a fence. Yeah. Like, And he's like, ah, they moved in. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about resale, judge. <laughs> It's a seller's market. We're trying to move downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I want to flip this house. <laughs> he wants to renovate. Uh, and then Mr. Gilmer says, thank you, Mr. Ewell. And then uh, in a funny moment in the court, uh, 
this uh, like Bob Ewell gets up to leave, like, oh, I'm done. And then he runs right into Atticus. Yeah. He goes like, hey, I've got a question. <laughs> I love that. And then the judge is like, like, like lets the court laugh at that yeah. silly thing because yeah. it is silly because it's like, yeah, everyone gets to. All right. Atticus says, Mr. Ewell, folks were doing a lot of running that night. Oops. Uh, let's see. You say you ran to the house, you ran to the window, you ran inside, you ran to Mayella, you ran for Mr. Tate. Did you, during all this running, run for a doctor? What? Well, no need to. I see what happened. But there's one thing I don't understand. Weren't you concerned with Mayella's condition? I most positively was. I've seen who done it. No, I mean her physical condition. Did you not think the nature of her injuries warranted immediate medical attention? What? Didn't you think she should have a doctor immediately? And so the witness said he never thought of it. He had never called a doctor any of his, to any of his in in his life. And if he had, it would have cost him $5. That all? Not quite. Mr. Ewell, you heard the sheriff's testimony, didn't you? How's that? You were in the courtroom when Mr. Heck Tate was on the stand, weren't you? You heard everything you said, didn't you? Yes. Do you agree with his description of Mayel's injuries? How's that? Mr. Tate just testified that her right eye was blackened, that she was beaten around the... Oh, yeah. I hold with everything Tate said. You do. I just want to make sure. So he goes, the court reporter has the court reporter repeat. Right. It all gets repeated back. Thank you, Bert. You heard it again, Mr. Yule. Do you have anything you to add to it? Do you agree with the sheriff? I hold with Tate. Her eye was blacked and she was mighty beat up. Mr. Yule, can you read and write? Mr. Gilmore goes, objection. <laughs> Can't see what witnesses' literacy has to do with the case. Irrelevant and immaterial. And uh, the classic thing happens where uh, Atticus says, uh, don't worry, it'll, it'll be relevant. And then uh, judge goes, you uh, <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> but watch yourself, McCoy. Watch yourself, McCoy. You better be going somewhere with this. Yeah. Uh, which is like, the judge I'll, I'll, will I'll, allow I'll, anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Classic Mulaney bit. Yes. I'll allow it. I love it. So funny. That's I'll right. allow it. I'll allow it. All right. So, yeah. Um, so, can you re- can you read and write? I most positively can. Will you write your name and show us? I most positively will. How do you think I sign my relief checks? And he's, he's playing to the crowd. Yeah, he's, he's a cut-up. He gets a laugh, <laughs> yeah. And I like Scout says, uh, uh, it seemed to me that he'd been he'd, he'd gone frog sticking him without a light. What a, like a fun something way of being like, I'm not sure if he really knows where he's going with this. Yeah. Uh, never, never, never on cross-examination ask a witness a question you don't already know the answer to. Was a tenant I absorbed with my baby food? Do it, and you'll often get an answer you don't want. So again, so now we have a little bit more of this of uh, of editorialization, which kind of comes out of, out of nowhere, sort of. I mean, like, yeah, we, we, it's a it's lo- it's that's a rare bit of uh, Scout understanding what's happening because she didn't seem too earlier. That's a little odd. I think it's adult. This is adult Scout reflecting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I think I, there's the the child Scout in the courtroom who is really just watching, confused, like doing her best to report dutifully what's going on, but. Does it has no? Because Jim is like freaking out, and she is like, "I have no idea what's going on." Yeah, and this is the adult being like, "Hey, he's doing something." I like at that moment, I, I was like, "What is going on? I don't understand this. This seems weird." Uh, and this was the old tenant that she, uh, yeah. All right, let's see. Would you write your name for us clearly now, so the jury can see it? Um. So he writes, uh, "You're left-handed, Mr. Yule." <laughs> I love how mad he gets about this. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Yule turned angrily to the judge and said he didn't want to see what his being left-handed had to do with it, that he was a Christ-fearing man, and Atticus Finch was taking advantage of him. 
Tricking lawyers like Atticus Finch took advantage of all the time with their tricking ways. He had told them what happened. He said it again and again, which he did. Nothing Atticus asked him after that shook his story that he'd looked through the window, then ran the N-word off, then ran for the sheriff. Atticus finally dismissed him. About your writing with your left hand. This is Mr. Gilmer. Uh, about your writing with your left hand. Are you ambidextrous, Mr. Ewell? I most positively am not. I can use one hand as good as the other. <laughs> one hand good as the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So he just doesn't understand what that yeah, is, right? No. He doesn't. He's, he's like, I'm, don't accuse me of being ambidextrous. <laughs> I can use my right hand and my left hand. <laughs> right, okay. Because I was like, I was like, is this a weird... Yeah, if I It's like just a dumb guy joke. He's just like, dumb, right. Yeah, it's a, almost a sitcom level dumb guy yeah. joke. And Mr. Gilmer is kind of maybe trying to throw him a bone here, right? Of like, hey, let's show that like... It could be anything. Because like the injuries are... Essentially, that, how they, it lines up is that the injuries are from someone leading with their left hand. Right. Um, Tell the court that you can beat a woman with your right hand as good as your left. Yes. Essentially, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Because Mr. Gilmer, Mr. Gilmer knows what is happening, yeah. uh, but he has to wait for Atticus to bring it up. And once again, we check in with Jem. Jem seemed to be having a quiet fit. He was <laughs> pounding the balcony real softly, and once he whispered, <laughs> we've got <laughs> It's cute. It's like cute. Yeah, what a little dork. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just dork obsessive. Like, yeah. oh, he did the, the, the dirty lawyer trick. Here he's he such goes. a nerd. Yeah, he's such a nerd for this. Establishing other witness. Uh, I didn't think so. So here's here's Child Scout. Not So here, here's the first like editorialization from Child Scout. I didn't think so. Atticus was trying to show, it seemed to me, that Mr. Ewell could have beaten up Mayola. That match I could follow. If her right eye was blacked and she was beaten mostly on the right side of the face, it would tend to show that a left-handed person did it. Sherlock Holmes and Jem Fitch would agree. But Tom Robinson could easily be left-handed too. Like Mr. Heck Tate, I imagined a person facing me, went through a swift mental pantomime, and concluded that he might have held her with his right hand and pounded her with his left. I looked down at him. His back was to us, but I could see his broad shoulders and both thick neck. He could have easily done it. I thought Jem was counting his chickens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Scout thinks maybe Jem is into it too fast. Yes. Maybe. But someone was booming again. And now we get the most dramatic testimony of the whole thing. Yeah. Chapter 18, Mayella, Violet, Ewell comes to the comes to the stage, comes to the stand. She's a thick-bodied girl accustomed to strenuous labor. Mayella, you are thick. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I do not think that we should have said that, Kevin. That I, was. I apologize. I think it's. I think it's a funny meme. It's funny, <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny how thick is. Anyway, thick is uh, was a thing back then too. I guess thick-bodied girl, with just with a CK, not a yes. CC. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry for derailing that with a low-hanging fruit joke. And we're back. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. <laughs> so Mayel, essentially, it's painting the portrait of this is a woman who takes care of herself and does the best she can with the circumstances. And she I was reminded of the row of red germaniums in the Yule yard. So it's like it's pretty. That's pretty cool, Harper Lee. Of like, it's pretty uh, effective. Like one detail, uh, expressing a whole character uh, pretty quickly. It's, it's like this is what Mayella Yule is. She yeah. is the geranium. So she is the clean one amidst all the garbage. Like you get yeah. it right away. Yes. She's the little shining light in this disgusting poverty stricken home. So like we get, we have sympathy for her. We see what's going on with her right away. Yeah. And as much as it's like, like Tom Robinson is being falsely accused of like a, and a racist system and everything like that. Mayola is also a horrible victim of a, a vicious beating. 
fucked. Yeah, she yeah she's hurt. Yeah, like we know. Yeah, no matter what happened, we that, know that. That's not denied. Yeah, that she was beat very heavily. She's been through some stuff. Um, all right. Okay. Do you want to be Mayella, or do you want me? Want me to be? I'll be. I could be Mayella. Okay, I'll be Mr. Gilmer. Thank, thank you. Where were you at the dusk? Or where were you at dusk on that evening? On the porch. Which porch? Ain't but one. The front porch. What were we doing on the porch? Nothing. Just and then Jen Taylor goes. Just tell us what happened. You can do that. <laughs> Such a teenager. Like the judge is like very. Because she is also like seventeen, I think. Nineteen and a half. Okay, yeah. So that's like that's still like a young woman. Well, yeah, it's a very young woman who counts half years too. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, yeah, don't be afraid. Uh, okay, so, so she started crying. She started sobbing. <clears throat> and then judge is like, "That's enough now. Don't be afraid of anybody here. As long as you tell the truth. All this is strange to you. I know." But you've nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to fear. What are you scared of? Him. Mr. Finch? So she's pointing at Atticus. Don't want him doing me like he done Papa, trying to make him out left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> left-handed, it also, I mean, it's like, a, like a, you know, it's like it means you're like evil or devilish or yeah, um, trying to dishonest. Point, yeah, they, they felt like some trick had happened. They didn't yeah. fully understand why, yeah. but it felt like some cruel thing that they proved he was left-handed. Yeah. How old are you? Nineteen and a half. <laughs> I love how he said he tried unsuccessfully to speak in soothing tones. Mister Finch had no idea, has no idea of scaring you, and if he did, I'm here to stop him. He growled. How yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm sitting up here for. Now you're a big girl, so you just sit up straight and tell uh, tell us what happened to you. You can do that, can't you? So Scott says to Jem, has she had got good sense? Like, which I think means like, is she like fully mentally capable? Like, yes. is this person like, uh, does she have like a I- an issue? Yeah. Any mental disabilities? Can't uh, tell yet. She got s- good enough sense to get the judge sorry for her, but she might just, oh, I don't know. Okay. So Mayella relax. And then she starts her testimony. Well, sir, I was on the porch and, and you came along and you see there was this old robe in the yard. Papa had brought it to chop up for kindling. Papa told me to do it while he was off in the woods, but I wasn't feeling strong enough then, so he came by. Who is he? I'll have to ask you to be more specific. Oh, whoops. Uh, that and yonder, Robinson. Then what happened? I said, come here, N-word, and bust up this shift robe for me. I got a nickel for you. He could have done it easy enough. He could. So he come in the yard, and I went in the house and gave him a nickel, and I turned around, and before I knew it, he was on me. Just run up behind me, he did. He got around my neck and cussing me and saying dirt, and I fought and hollered, but he had me around the neck. He had hit me again and again. Uh, Yeah, she, she got really uh, upset again. He chucked me on the floor and choked me and took advantage of me. Did you scream? Did you scream and fight back? Reckon I did. Holler for Lowell's worth. Kicked and hollered loud as I could. Then what happened? I don't remember too good, but the next thing I knew, Papa was in the room, was standing over me, hollering, "Who done it? Who done it?" Then I sort of fainted, and the next thing I knew, Mister Tate was pulling me off of the floor and leading me to the water bucket. Uh, let's see, you say you fought him off as hard as you could, fought him tooth and nail. I positively did. You were positive that he took full advantage of you. He done what he was after. That's all for the time being. But you stay here. I expect big bad Mr. Finch has some questions to ask you. And then Mr. Gilmore's making a joke, but Judge is like, State will not prejudice the witness against counsel for the defense, at least at least not at this time. <laughs> so it's already like they were having it's kinda weird because these guys are having fun with each other. <laughs> yeah, and like making fun of her for be for like being so being afraid. scared of Mr. Finch, yeah. 
It's funny. Um, and this is like the big at like one of Atticus's big uh, moments, where he's being all like, uh, yeah, he's being very considerate and like kind of you can see him kind of strolling around with his hands behind his back, kind of thinking and kind of like being all like. Uh, and it's also like it's emotion. It takes an emotional toll on him. Because he is accusing this, like this is a he uh, is aware of anyone else as much as anyone else. This is a a victim of one a, 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 a vicious beating, yeah, but two pressured by a lot of different things into lying. Yeah. So she has to prove a victim is a liar. Like she, there's no doubt she's a liar or that she's a victim, but it's like it's hard for him to be able to say like, look, I know you're trying to save your skin. Uh, and your dignity and what little you have, uh, but I can't let you do that. Like, like you can't the polite fiction uh, over human life, or whatever. Yeah, it's almost like yeah, Atticus is finally like conflicted in like his his like kindness and politeness, which he's always been, and like kind of his moral superior, his moral standing, his moral superiority. Yeah, like the thing that's right to do right now, unfortunately, is is uh, to prove uh, this victim, nineteen year old victim, is a liar. Yeah, uh, embarrass her in front of the whole exactly where exactly. the whole town is watching. Yeah, it's like decorum and morality are at odds, and yes. they're not they're not often at odds. Usually, yeah. like unfortunately for Atticus, they've often been in tandem because he kind of believes in both pretty strongly. Yeah. But Poli- here, yeah. politeness yeah. and morals are like huge with him. Yeah, and usually they go together. But here, it's like you're gonna have to be really freaking mean to this girl in order to do the right thing. Yes, and he tries to be as polite as possible, but it does like it like it shows like throughout the that it, it literally takes a toll on him. Yeah, yeah, and Scout can kind of see what's going on with him personally. Like uh, from long years of experience, I could tell he was trying to come to a decision about something the way he was walking around. So yeah, he before he even starts, he's walking around, which is kind of funny. He's pacing like a shark, going back and forth before. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, so you want to be Atticus? I mean, I was doing a pretty good Mayella, so I'm gonna okay. keep, keep you know that if you don't mind, Miss Mayella. I won't try to scare you for a while, not yet. Let's just get acquainted. How old are you? Said I was 19. Said it to the judge yonder. So you did. So you did, ma'am. You'll have to bear with me, Miss Mayella. I'm getting along and can't remember as well as I used to. I might ask you things you've already said before, but you'll give me an answer, won't you? Good. Won't answer a word you say long as you keep on mocking me. Ma'am? Long as you keep making fun of me. And then Judge Taylor's like, Mr. Finch is not making fun of you. What's the matter with you? <laughs> long as you keep calling me ma'am and saying Miss Mayella, I don't have to take his sass. I ain't called upon to take it. So that that's at the core of like she's not been called ma'am and miss like and she thinks it's being sarcastic. Yeah. And then judge has to be like, that's just Mr. Finch's way. We've done business in this court for years and years when and Mr. Finch is always courteous to everybody. He's not trying to mock you, he's trying to be polite. That's just his way. Yeah, uh and yeah, Scout points out that um um in her life, uh she took offense to routine courtesy. What on earth was her life like? I soon found out. All right, Atticus goes, you say you're 19. How many sisters and brothers have you? Seven. You the eldest? The oldest? Yes. How long has your brother been dead? Don't know. Long time. Do you ever go to school? Reading right good as Papa Yonder. May it all sounded like a Mr. Jingle in a book I had re- I had been reading. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think it's just like, I mean, like, I just think it's funny, like, that she has, a, she's got a silly voice. I mean, yeah. that's all that I could really take from that is, like, yeah, she like Mr. talks Jingle. weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Mr. Jingle isn't like a very serious character, or like, yeah. a, I mean, like, I just took it. I think that's such a funny. It's just funny, and the lack of detail is also very funny. Like Mr. Jingle, what the hell is that? Yeah, 
How long did you go to school? Two year, three year, don't know. Uh, and then, so yeah, Scout basically said, slowly but surely I began to see the pattern of Atticus questions. Uh, like just innocuous questions. Um, you would learn, to, you just learned about the family, how right. they lived. So that everyone kind of gets the picture of what's, what kind what, of. What, ha- what was going on in that house. That right. Day. And the, they're innocuous questions, but the answers are like upsetting. Yes. Yeah. So go ahead. Keep, yeah, keep going. Miss Mayella, a 19 year old girl like you must have friends. Who are your friends? Friends? Yes. Don't you know anyone near your age or older or younger? Boys and girls, just ordinary friends. You making fun of me again, Mr. Finch? And I, I, I love the line, Atticus let her question answer his. Beautifully, yeah. Like, everyone gets like, oh, man. This is a lonely, lonely girl. So sad. In a terrible household. Uh, do you love your father, Miss Mayella? Love him? What you mean? I mean, is he good to you? Is he easy to get along with? He does tolerable, except when. Except when? So that's her big, like, she almost said something. Yeah, she left a thing. Except when nothing. I said he does tolerable. Except when he's drinking? Mayella nodded. I said it so gently. Does he ever go after you? How do you mean? When he's riled, has he ever beaten you? And then she's like trying not to answer this. My paw's never touched a hair of my head in my life. He never touched me. And his glasses had slipped a little and he pushed them up on his nose. So he's like he's like settling in for the long haul. I mean, I also want to point out, isn't that isn't that what he does right when he uh is it like when he's shooting uh that uh that dog? Oh yeah. When he's like uh, one shot finch. fall off his face. Yeah, over like right I feel like there's yeah, there's some glasses thing. I think I think I think we're seeing an intentional nod to that yeah. here of some kind. A like motif a, about... Pushing my, up the yeah, glasses. Yeah. yeah. We've had a good visit, Miss Mayella, and now I guess we'd better get to the case. You say you asked Tom Robinson to come chop up a... What was it? A shiffer robe, old dresser full of drawers on the side. Was Tom Robinson well known to you? What do you mean? I mean, did you know who he was, where he lived? I know who he was. He passed the house every day. Was this the first time you asked him to come inside the fence? Yes, it was. She jumps at this question, though. That's important. Um, which is funny because he's not even looking there. Uh, Atticus was looking away. He's walking towards the windows, like very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kind of staring off into space, like being all like thoughtful, considerate. Yeah, he did not see her involuntary jump, but it seemed to me that he knew she had moved, which is such a like, this is like he knows what actually happened. Yeah. And he knows that she's because, re- like, also it's like white supremacy. They're not expecting the def- defending lawyer to be this good, to care this much. Exactly, exactly. And they also think just like out of decency that he's not going to go after a nineteen-year-old girl's story. And they're yeah, the, the thing about the hit, like they're mad that he tried. They're mad and about like, him trying. And he and like it's not an easy. It's not hard to figure out at least to Atticus like what happened, so that he's getting it right. It's like you. Like, everyone instinctually reacts to having their lies called out exactly right. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. What, what? Didn't you ever ask him to come inside the fence before? Oh, yeah. Didn't you ever ask him to come inside the fence before? I did not. I certainly did not. One did not's enough. And that's already like, <laughs> me think the lady doth protest too much. Exactly. You never asked him to do odd jobs for you before? 
I might have. There were several N-words around. Can you remember any other occasions? No. All right. Now to what happened. You said Tom Robinson was behind you in the room when you turned around. Is that right? Yes. You said he got you around the neck cussing and saying dirt. Is that right? That's right. You say he caught me and choked me and took advantage of me. Is that right? That's what I said. Do you remember beating you about the face? Oh. You seemed sure enough that he choked you. All this time you were fighting back, remember? You kicked and hollered as loud as you could. Do you remember him beating you about the face? There's a long pause. Yeah. It's an easy question, Miss Mayla, so I'll try again. Do you remember him beating you about the face? Atticus's voice had lost its comfortableness. That's hard to say. Comfortableness. There it is. He was speaking in his arid, detached, professional voice. And he says again, do you remember him beating you about the face? No, I don't recollect recollect if he hit me. I mean, yes, I do. He hit me. Was your last sentence your answer? Huh? Yes, he, he hit. I just don't remember. I just don't remember it all happened so quick. <laughs> so she's getting upset, and immediately Judge Taylor goes, Don't you cry, young woman. Hattigan <laughs> 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 says, Let her cry if he wants to. she wants to. We've yeah. got all the time in the world. Yep. I'll answer any questions you got. Get me up here and mock me, will you? I'll answer any question you got. She's like, Come at me. <laughs> I think she's really hurt. I think it's yeah, like. It's like legitimately, like, it's clear, like. Because it's, it's clear, like, her father, like, was putting together the story with her. And he's not a bright man. Yeah. <laughs> and also, he was the man that beat her. So, he's got to, she's got to do a lot of you stuff. You think? Wait, yeah. Kevin, you're suggesting that Tom Robinson did not beat and choke this woman? Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Yes. Uh, let's see. That's fine. There's only a few more. Miss Mayla, not to be tedious, you testified that the defendant hit you, grabbed you around the neck, choked you, and took advantage of you. I want you to be sure you have the right man. Will you identify the man who raped you? I will. That's him right yonder. Tom, stand up. Let Miss Mayla have a good long look at you. Is this the man, Miss Mayla? And this description of Tom is really important. Tom Robinson's powerful shoulders rippled under his thin shirt. He rose to his feet and stood with his right hand on the back of his chair. He looked oddly off balance, but it was not from the way he was standing. His left arm was fully 12 inches shorter than his right and hung dead at his side and ended in a small shriveled hand, and from as far away as the balcony, I could see that it was no use to him. Scout! Scout, look! Reverend, he's crippled! This is Jem. So he, Jem's very excited at this. Yeah, this is huge. Seemed like, But it seemed like Jem knew that before, right? I mean, like... Yeah, he seemed like he... It must be, right? Yeah. Uh, so Reverend Sykes says he got caught in a cotton gin, caught in Mr. Dolphus Raymond's cotton gin when he was a boy. Led, liked, liked, liked to bled to death. Tore all the muscles loose from his bones. Oof. And it says, is this the man who raped you? It most certainly is. And this is so, so intense of a moment. Atticus, his next question was one word long. How? I don't know how he done it, but he done it. I said it all happened so fast. I now let's consider this calmly, began Atticus, but Mr. Gilmore interrupted with an objection. He was not irrelevant or material, but Atticus was browbeating the witness. Uh, oh, sit down, Horace. He's done doing nothing of the sort. If anything, the witness is browbeating Atticus. I love <laughs> and that. And Judge Taylor laughs at his own joke. <laughs> 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 Judge, Judge Taylor was the only person in the courtroom who laughed. Even the babies were still, and I suddenly wondered if they had been smothered at the mother's breaths. That's how quiet those babies were. Now, Miss Mayella, you've testified that the defendant choked you and beat you. 
You didn't say that he sneaked up behind you and knocked you cold, but you turned around and there he was. Do you wish to re- reconsider any of your testimony? You want me to say something that didn't happen? No, ma'am. I want you to say something that did happen. Tell us once more, please, what happened. I told you what happened. You testified that you turned around and there he was. He choked you then? Yes. Then you re- then he released your throat and hit you. I said he did. He blacked your left eye with his right fist. I ducked it and it, it, it glanced. That's what it did. I ducked it and it glanced off. Mayella had finally seen the light. You're becoming suddenly clear on this point. A while ago, you couldn't remember too well, could you? I said he hit me. All right. He choked you, he hit you, then he raped you. That right? It most certainly is. You're a strong girl. What were you doing all the time, just standing there? I told you. I hollered and kicked and fought. And this is like Atticus reached up and took off his glasses. Oh, yeah. Turned his good right eye to the witness and rained questions on her. Judge Taylor said one question at a time, Atticus. Give the witness a chance to answer. All right. Why didn't you run? I tried to. Tried to? What kept you from it? He slung me down. That's what he did. He slung me down and got on top of me. You were screaming all this time? I certainly was. Then why didn't the other children hear you? Where were they? At the dump? Where were they? Why didn't your screams make them come running? The dump's closer than the woods, isn't it? Or didn't you scream until you saw your father in the window? You didn't think to scream until then, did you? Did you scream first at your father instead of at Tom Robinson? Was that it? Who beat you up? Tom Robinson or your father? What did your father see in the window? The crime of rape or the best defense to it? Why don't you tell the truth, child? Didn't Bob Ewell beat you up? And then when Atticus turned away from Mayella, he looked like his stomach hurt. But Mayella's face was a mixture of terror and fury. Atticus sat down wearily and polished his glasses with his handkerchief. So Atticus, this is, this is hurting Atticus to do this, even though yeah. he's like doing a good job at being a lawyer. It hurts him to hurt this girl. Yeah. Um, I got something to say. Do you want to tell us what happened? Such a cold lie. <laughs> I know. I got something to say, and then I ain't going to say no more. That N-word Yonward took advantage of me, and if you fine, fancy gentlemen don't want to do nothing about it, then you're all yellow, stinking cowards. Stinking cowards, the lot of you. Your fancy shirts, your fancy airs don't come to nothing. <laughs> you're mammon and Miss Mayerlin, and don't come to nothing, Mr. Finch. Then she burst into real tears. Her shoulders shook with angry sobs. She, she was as good as her questions. Yep. Yeah. That was it. That was the last of her testimony. Uh, and then a break is called. Uh, it's time we all did. We'll take ten minutes, and then they. Uh, so yeah, and then and now no one leaves. The, that was the big yeah. Everyone, no one leaves. They're all waiting for the rest of the court case. Yeah, it's it's very hot inside. Everyone's talking about how hot it is, and it's filled with people too. So it's all that body heat. Too. Yeah, we see Mr. Braxton Underwood. Um, he's been sitting in a chair reserved for the press. Um, he sees he's Mr. Un- he sees the the kids. Yeah, Jim. I said Mr. Underwood's seen us. That's okay. He won't tell Atticus. He'll just put it on the social side of the Tribune. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the page six of the Make Home Tribune. Like, yeah. And seen at the courtroom were Jim and <laughs> Jim and Scout Finch and Jean Louise Finch, baby. Jean Louise. Uh, Jim turned back to Dill, explaining, I suppose, the final points of the trial to him. But I wondered what they were. There had been no lengthy debates between Atticus and Mr. Gilmer on any points. Mr. Gilmer seemed to be prosecuting almost reluctantly. 
Witnesses had been led by the nose as asses are with few objections, but Atticus had once told us that in Judge Taylor's court, any lawyer who was a strict constructionist on evidence usually wound up receiving strict instructions from the bench. He distilled this for me to mean that Judge Taylor might look lazy and operating in his sleep, but he was seldom reversed. And that was the proof of the pudding. Atticus said he was a good judge. So that's an interesting note that, what was it? Uh, Mr. Gilmer seemed to be prosecuting almost reluctantly. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not doing, he's not, yeah. uh, Because all the evidence is kind of already out there, right? It was one of the things. Um, And it's kind of, they're kind of just doing sort of like dance. It's like they're just kind of doing the theater of showing the the jury all the things. But they already kind of know what's. Yeah. And then also like, well, everyone already knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's, it's a a Southern town in the thirties. But it's interesting that that line because it kind of implies that Mr. Gilmer is also trying to get Tom Robinson off, like yeah, get a not guilty of like I'm gonna do a bad job with this, but I have yeah. to seem like I'm doing a good job. But like I also want to make sure that Atticus can help this poor man because I mean he had to talk. I mean he, like Bob Ewell is rude to him. I'm sure like he's like oh I don't like these people. Right. It's clear he did it. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, it seems like Gilmer. Uh, we don't really get any. Um, characterization of gilmer besides his eye and just getting the way he talks he seems to be just like just a man who sees what's what's right and he's kind of just doing his job um and then it ends with um uh with just just shall we try to wind up this afternoon how about it atticus and then Atticus says, i think we can how many witnesses you got one, one. well call him well call him and it's thomas robinson spoiler so we're gonna hear from tom robinson and we're gonna see atticus do some more badass lawyering yes i loved it honestly like i love so thrilling yeah just the just how like tell me how it's physically possible everything you said happened. this this part of the book is like so easily transcripted into a movie yeah or a play like you can see like it's like oh the oscar scene of when all the actors are gonna get to say i got something to say yeah we should watch i mean man we should watch the at least the courtroom scene from the 19 Oh, no, I mean, we'll watch the whole movie. It's like oh, we're watching the movie, right? Yeah. Okay, we're watching the movie. Good. Um, I can't wait to watch that because this scene is going to be insane. It's going to yeah. be so good. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, all, it's all very – I mean, it's kind of cool because so much of the book was, like, not particularly dramatic, but still, like, she has a she's a good writer, so it was exciting when, like, yeah. they were caught in the backyard or, like, they were up to another scheme. And now with like a actually dramatic thing, like she, even she's playing it so dryly of like bare bone facts of like this is what happened, and but it, it comes off like so compelling. It's really wild, yeah. And it's like the way you, you pointed out how it's kind of like um, in the season of like a of like a not quite a Breaking Bad show, but kind of like that where it's like you learn, you meet the characters, you see how they work, and and then like nothing, and you kind of just see the routines and stuff like that. And yeah. There's little, there's little episodes, little problems that are solved. Yeah, but then this is like the season finale where it's like, no, this is like a this is like a, a world changing event. It's gonna yes. change their lives. This is yeah, this is what we've been trying to build to for a while. But you already care so much about everybody, and you already know how everyone operates, and so to see them operate in this high level yeah. intense thing is is awesome. So if anything bad happens to anyone, it will devastate you. Yeah. So that's the stake is that you care about these characters. Yeah, the pacing is different in this novel, uh, but you can see how effective it is Yeah. Um, when we get to this courtroom scene. Yeah, what a payoff. Yeah, it's wild. I can't wait for Tom Robbins to take the stand. Um, looking forward to it. Let us know what you think. Email us at uh, the Gmail email. Uh, okay, Gatsby Pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, 
Check out our memes on the Instagram page. <laughs> check out my Instagram at ha hartnet. Yeah. Uh, check out my Twitter at Kevin Lapkovich. We love you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Well, goodbye. We'll see you next week. Good night. <laughs>